Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. Today I am going to discuss a Rashi at the beginning of Parshas Pinchas. We read near the beginning of, right near the beginning of the Parsha. Oops. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Hakoyen. Pinchas, the son of Elazar, the son of Aaron the Koyen. Heshiv eschamosi me'albanei Yisrael. He turned away my anger from the B'nai Yisrael, of course, this is Hashem speaking, when he took revenge, when he displayed zealotry on my behalf amongst them by killing Zimri, who was engaged in an immoral act with a Midianite woman, as we read at the end of last week's parsha, and therefore I did not destroy the Bnei Yisrael in my own zealotry and my own jealousy. And let's take a look at the very famous words of Rashi here. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Hakoyen. The obvious question that Rashi is going to address is why is Pinchas here identified not only by his father's name, which is the normal way how someone is identified in the Chumash, but also by the name of Aaron, his grandfather. So Rashi says, Because the Shvatim, the various tribes, were denigrating Pinchas. They were saying bad things about Pinchas. Do you see this son of the Puti? He is descended on one side of his family from Yisra. That his mother's father fattened calves for idolatry. He is descended in part from Yisrael, who was a former idolater. And he killed the leader of one of the tribes of Israel. He killed Zimri, who was the leader of Shevet Shimon. So they, they were upset with Pinchas. Lefichach, says Rashi, therefore, Boakasuv, Therefore, the Pasuk comes and is miyachasim, it shows his relationship to Aaron. It says he is descended from Aaron. This Rashi needs explanation. First of all, what is exactly this complaint against Pinchas? Pinchas killed Zimri because there's a halacha. There's a halacha that says, the halacha says that someone who has relations with a non-Jewish woman in, in public, in front of others, who actually witness him, so so zealots may, may kill him. We see this in the end of Farshas Bobak, where it says that Pinchas saw what was happening, and he got up from amongst the congregation, and he took a spear in his hand, and he went ahead and he killed Zimri. And as Rashi says there, 
Vayar Pinchas, what did Pinchas see? Ro'ol Maseh, he saw the act that was taking place, Veniskar Halacha, and he remembered a Halacha. So Amalei the Moshe, he went to Moshe Rabbeinu to, for advice, for permission, and he said, Mekublani Mimcha, I, am, I have received from you the following Halacha, Haboyal Aramis Kanoyan Paginboy, that someone who was having relations with a non-Jewish woman, these zealots may, may kill him. So Amar Loi, so Moshe Rabbeinu said, go ahead, we're not going to go into the end of that Rashi. Now, if this is the reason, if this was the heter, this was the permission for Pinchas to kill Zimri, it is not likely that he's the only person who knew this. How did he know it? He, he learned it from Moshe Rabbeinu. Pinchas is not the only person who learned Torah from Moshe Rabbeinu. The whole Jewish nation, they were in one gigantic koilo. That's what they did in the Midbar. They learned Torah from Moshe Rabbeinu. So why were they so upset at Pinchas for killing Zimri? That's a question on the complaint of the Shvatim. And another thing that needs to be clarified is how does Hashem answer this? According to Rashi, Kodesh Baruch Hu answered this complaint by saying, Pinchas ben Elozer, but not only is he the son of Elozer, but he's the son of Aaron Akayin. Even though on one side of the family, his yichus could be better, but on the other side of the family, he's primarily descended from Aaron. Okay, that's nice. It's nice that you have a nice grandfather. If, if you did something wrong, it doesn't really help that you have a nice grandfather. And if you didn't do something wrong, then you don't need a nice grandfather. So what exactly is the, what was the question that the Shvatim raised? What is the answer that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave to them? In order to understand this, perhaps, I think we need to begin with the Gemara and Meseches Kedushin, Daf Ayin Amid Beis. The Gemara tells us, Amar Av Yehuda, Amar Shmuel. Arba Meyes Avodim, there were 400 Avodim. Now, when we say Evid, we're talking here about an Evid Kanani. This is a non-Jew who was bought as a slave by a Jew. He is now obligated. He is dipped in the mikveh, and he becomes obligated in all the mitzvahs that a Jewish woman is obligated in. Those few mitzvahs that a Jewish woman is not obligated in, he is also exempt from. He still has a special status of Evid. He's um, not allowed to marry a regular Jewish woman. So there were 400 of these Avadim. The Amri law are Ba'asalafim. Some say it was 4,000 Avadim. Hoyoloi the Fashchor ben Imar. There were this either 400 or 4,000 Avadim who belonged to a person named Pashchor ben Imar. As Rashi explains, this is a person whose name is mentioned in the book of Yermia. So in the times, of the first base of Mikdash. Bechulam nitmu bikahuna. All of them became mixed in with Kohanim. Rashi explains that these Avadim had belonged to a Kayin. Now, as property, so to speak, of the Kayin, they were permitted to eat from the Truma that their master could eat. And because of this, because they ate Truma, so they were able to pass themselves off as Kohanim, and they became mixed in with Kohanim, as Rashi explains, this means they married the daughters of Kohanim. Now, if they married the daughters of Kohanim, first of all, that's, that's an illegal marriage. 
And secondly, the children of such marriages are not kaihanim. Kahuna goes through the father, these people are not kaihanim. And any kayan who has azus panim, he has a brazenness of face, he's chutzpidek, he's very bold in a negative way, he is only from them. Meaning, if we find a kayan who's an azpanim, who has a particularly brazen, bold character, he must be a descendant of one of these slaves. He's not really a kayan. Now we see from here that the midah of azpanim is something that is contradictory to being a kayan. Of course, the question is, why? And I think the answer to that is quite simple. We know the famous Mishnah in Pirkei Avais tells us that Aaron HaKoyen was Oyev Shalom, Veroydev Shalom. He loved peace. He chased after peace. There was a Bryce, I believe it's in the Avais to Rabbi Nassim in a sort of expanded version of Pirkei Avais, which tells how Aaron would give Teichacha to someone, how Aaron would rebuke someone who he saw was sinning. He wouldn't go over and yell at him. He wouldn't make him feel bad. Rather, Aaron, because of his very peaceful nature, he would go over to, over to that person. He would befriend him. He would talk to him about other things. He would show this person that he is his friend and that he loves him. And automatically, naturally, the person would, would be embarrassed to be a sinner when, when he has such a good friend, Aaron Okoyan. And he would naturally come to correct his ways. Aaron's meter was shalom, not contention, not to be in your face, not to try to put you down in any way. His meter was shalom. And therefore, we can understand why it is that a kayan, why a person who displays azus panim is most likely not a kayan. We can also understand, according to this, perhaps, a Mishnah that we recently learned in our daily Mishnayis class. The Mishnah in the second parak of Yoima tells us that originally in the Beis HaMikdash, they had a sort of a custom, a procedure, that when they, when they needed to determine which Koyin would get the privilege of doing the mitzvah of Trumas Adeshin, there was a mitzvah every morning that a Koyin would go up onto the Mizbeach and shovel up a, a relatively small amount of ashes from the fire on the Mizbeach, and then he would bring it down and put it next to the ramp leading up to the Mizbeach, and that's a mitzvah in the Torah of Trumas Adeshin. And the Mishnayas tell us that uh, normally not a lot of Kahanim would show up to do this mitzvah because it was done very, very early in the morning. In fact, it was done even when it was still nighttime depending on which day of the year. But sometimes uh, there was more than one Kayan who showed up, and therefore how would they determine who gets to do the mitzvah? They would have a race running up the kevish, and they would see who got to the top of the kevish first. It happened one time, the Mishnah tells us, Perek Beis, Mishnah Beis, that Shnehem Shavin, one time these two people running up the Mizbeach were both equal, it was a, looked like a tie, and they were running and going up the ramp. And one of them pushed his friend 
off the mizbeach, off the, the ramp, the nishbara ragloi. And this poor fellow, his leg was broken. So, very unfortunate. The chaven shara'u beizdin shaboyin lidei sakana. Since the beizdin, since the, uh, the authorities, the Sanhedrin saw that they were coming to danger, that this was becoming a dangerous procedure to run up the, to run up the, the ramp, so hiskinu shaloyehu tormin esamazbeach elabapayas. So they established that they would only choose someone to do this mitzvah of truma sedeshin by using a pious, by using a kind of a lottery. Therefore, everybody had an equal chance, and there's nothing to fight about. Now, one might say that one very unfortunate incident took place, and therefore they completely eliminated the possibility of this ever happening again. They canceled this whole procedure of having a race. One might say that, but it's a little bit difficult. Why such an extreme reaction to just one unfortunate event? Why couldn't they have punished that one Kayan who pushed his friend off the Mizbeach? They could have penalized him in some way, but instead, they rearranged the whole procedure. Why such a radical change, such a radical response to one incident, unfortunate as it certainly was? But perhaps we can say that this act that this Kayan did, pushing his friend off of the, off of the ramp, that is an act of azus panim. That's an act of boldness. That's an act of me, not you. That's not just an excitement over doing a mitzvah. Excitement over doing a mitzvah, okay, but you also want to do the mitzvah. That was an act of, of, of brazenness. And in fact, perhaps the, 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 the Beistin understood that really, they now understood retroactively that this whole process of running up the Mizbeach and trying to beat the other guy, that's a form of azus. That's a sort of a brazenness. It's nice to be enthusiastic about doing a mitzvah, but that's when it's all about when I'm the only one who, who needs to do it, when it's a mitzvah that's upon me and I run to do it. But the idea that I should run to do a mitzvah to the exclusion of you, that's not a nice meter for a koyan. That's, a, that's an azus ponim. And therefore, they were mevatel, they canceled the whole procedure. So from now on, we do it in an absolutely peaceful way, which is more appropriate to the whole idea of what a kayin is supposed to be, perhaps. In any case, now that we have this fundamental point that someone who is an Azpanim is not a Kayan, that's not an appropriate Mida for a Kayan, that is a particularly unpriestly Mida, so perhaps we can understand the Rashi that we began with. We know that in these Sukkim at the beginning of Parshas Pinchas, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to pronounce that Pinchas is becoming a Kayan. Rashi follows the opinion in the Gemara that until now, Pinchas was not a Kayan. The only people who were Kohanim were Aaron and his sons who were anointed to be Kohanim and automatically any children that they would have from that time forth. Pinchas, at the time that the Kohanim were anointed, had already been born to Elazar, and therefore he wasn't included in that anointment, in that crowning to become a Kayan. So up till now, 
Pinchas was not a Kayan. Loi was descended from Aaron, he wasn't yet a Kayan. Kodesh Baruch Hu here is going to pronounce that Pinchas becomes a Kayan. At this point, it became very relevant, this complaint that the Shvatim had against Pinchas, that he had the nerve, he had the boldness, he had the, what they felt was the inappropriate chutzpah, that he, who has certain flaws in his yichos, killed a prince among Yisrael. He killed one of the leaders, of one, the leader of one of the tribes of Yisrael. This complaint became very relevant because this complaint, if this complaint is true, it means that Pinchas is an Az Panim. He is a person of a brazen nature. And a person of a brazen nature can't be a Kayan. That's, a, that's an unpriestly Mida, as we have explained. And therefore, Akhadash Borahu needed to respond. Akhadash Borahu needed to say something that would show that this complaint is not a complaint. What did Akhadash Borahu do? Akhadash Borahu identified Pinchas not only as Ben Alazar, but as Ben Aranakayan. This Pinchas that you're saying is brazen? No. He's not brazen, certainly not in a negative way. He is a descendant of Aaron Akoyan, just as Aaron is Oyev Sholem, Bereidev Sholem. This Pinchas, you know why he killed, you know why he killed Zimri and Cosby? He did it in order to bring peace. He did it so that Velochilisi has been a Yisrael Bekinosi, so that I should not have to destroy B'nai Yisrael in my anger and jealousy. Therefore, his spiritual ancestry is primarily from Aaron, whose Mida is peace. And therefore, he is qualified to become a Kayan. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph, author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com slash Minagain Be More.